It's just a few sleeps till Christmas now, not long to go, and that probably means uh, that you're having to make a whole bunch of decisions. Because whether you like it or not, Christmas is a time when you do naturally have a stack of decisions to make. Now, some of them don't really matter, do they? Like deciding whether to open presents before or after church. Doesn't really matter what you decide there. I think you've got freedom in deciding that. Or deciding whether to come along to church at 8am or 9.30am. Doesn't really matter. They're going to be exactly the same meeting. Or deciding whether to have the ham or the turkey or the prawns for lunch. Doesn't really matter what you decide because you can always go back for seconds. Some decisions... Some decisions do matter a bit more, though, like deciding whether to have Christmas lunch with your mother or your mother-in-law. <laughs> that decision's got a bit more riding on it. But the carol we're looking at today, What Child Is This?, it alerts us to a decision we have to make that is far, far more important than all those other decisions. In fact, this decision is the most important decision you will ever make, not just this Christmas, but in your entire life. And what I'm talking about is deciding how you are going to treat Jesus. This carol is going to urge you to own Jesus as your king and your saviour. But in the end, you have to decide for yourself how you're going to treat him. And look, at the risk of labouring the point here, there is a sense of urgency about this decision. Thinking about Jesus isn't something you can put off indefinitely. In fact, our carol says it's something that you should do now. So on the inside of the bulletin, it has the uh, the chorus and the verse, uh, the second verse of What Child Is This? And this is how the chorus starts. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Now see that third line there? It says haste, haste. Haste is like an old-fashioned word. We don't really use it much today, but it means something like hurry. Be quick. This is urgent. Hurry, hurry, quick, quick, haste, haste to bring him Lord. What does that mean, to bring Jesus Lord? Well, I'll be honest, I had no idea what Lord meant, so I had to look it up. And what I discovered in the dictionary is that Lord is another old word, and it just means to praise to glorify, to honour, to worship, really. And so if you put those two things together, what our carol is saying is that this is urgent. Quickly come and praise Jesus. Hurry up and come and worship him. Bring him Lord. See, this carol is really pushing us to make a decision about Jesus. It's urging you to decide how you're going to treat him. So have you decided yet how you're going to treat Jesus? Our carol says that you should hurry up and bring him Lord. You should worship him. But of course, not everyone treats Jesus like that, do they? Not everyone responds by worshipping him. In fact, you might have noticed in our first Bible reading today, in Matthew, there were two quite clear and different responses to Jesus. So if you've got a Bible handy, grab it and turn with me back to Matthew chapter 2. And what we're going to see here in Matthew 2 are two different responses to Jesus. And like Paul's already encouraged us to think about, I wonder which one is most like the way that you're treating Jesus. 
Do you treat Jesus as though he's an inconvenience, do you reckon? Is it troubling and disturbing for you when people keep talking about him? Do you find yourself thinking that life would just be a whole lot better and easier and simpler if Jesus wasn't in it? Well, that's how King Herod treated Jesus. When he heard that Jesus had been born, he was disturbed. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 2. We'll start from verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So when King Herod hears about baby Jesus being born, he's disturbed or deeply troubled, other versions say, and that's because he's worried. He's worried that maybe Jesus is going to replace him as the king. And so he asks the Magi to go and investigate and find out more for him. Verse 7. Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And as we keep reading in in Matthew here, what happens is the Magi, they do go to Bethlehem and they do find Jesus there, but they don't tell Herod. And when Herod finds out that the Magi have tricked him, he gets really, really angry. And that's because even though he just said he wants to worship Jesus, what he actually wants to do is to get rid of Jesus. Verse 16. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he'd learned from the Magi. So you're getting the picture here? Herod is the king, right? But then he hears the disturbing and troubling report about the birth of another king and he decides it's too inconvenient to have Jesus around and so he tries to knock him off. He tries to get rid of Jesus from his life. Is that the way you're treating Jesus, do you reckon? How do you feel about the idea of Jesus being your king? Is it troubling? Is it a disturbing idea? Do you feel like it would be too inconvenient to have to do what he says and to live his way? Do you reckon life is just better and easier and simpler without Jesus in it? Let me suggest that is a really foolish way to treat Jesus. Because in all this, there is one thing that Herod did get right. Even though he didn't like it, even though it was disturbing, he recognised that Jesus is the king. And you know, whether you like it or not, that is still true today. Like how Carol says, this, this is Christ the king. Jesus is the Christ. He is the king of kings. He is God's chosen king. He is your king. And so rejecting him, actively opposing him, trying to get rid of him, that is a foolish way to live. And it's only going to end badly. But hey, maybe you're not like Herod. Maybe the way you treat Jesus is more like the Magi. When they heard that Jesus had been born, they treated him like a king. They came to worship him. So have a look again back at the start of Matthew chapter 2. And this time, pay particular attention to the way that the Magi treat Jesus. 
So Matthew 2, verse 1 again. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. This is a bit like when Harry and Meghan visited last year, remember that? When people found out that they were going to spend a day in Dubbo, things went into overdrive. All sorts of people came out of the woodwork from everywhere. They came to see them. So they were met at the airport um, by representatives from all the schools in Dubbo. Then they were taken on a tour of the Royal Flying Doctors Hangar out at the airport. They got to cut a specially made cake. After that was a reception at Victoria Park in front of thousands and thousands of people. And there were video cameras there from just about every television network. And remember, while they were travelling around, all the time people kept giving them mementos and presents and gifts for their baby. Everyone went out of the way to treat them like royalty because that's what they are. That's like the Magi here. They hear that Jesus has been born the King of the Jews and so they come to treat him like a king. They come to bow down to him, to worship him, to shower gifts on him. Verse 9. They went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. These shepherds, they get it. They recognise that this, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. And so they do, they haste, haste, they come quickly to bring him Lord. They recognise that Jesus is the King They bow before him and they worship him. They get it. But do you get it? How are you going to treat Jesus? What will your response be? Because remember, this isn't a decision that you can put off indefinitely. There's a sense of urgency about this. And as well as that, deciding how to treat Jesus isn't a decision you can avoid. It's not someone else's decision. You can't fob it off. This is your decision. Because there's a sense in which, as well as being an urgent decision, this is a universal decision. It's a decision we all have to make, no matter who you are. And that's what our carol goes on to say. This is what it says in the second verse. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant, king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. See that second line there? It says, come peasant, king, to own him. What that's saying is that we all need to decide how we're going to treat Jesus. Whether you're a peasant or whether you're a king, you still need to make a decision about him. And we've already seen that, haven't we? In our first reading, we saw a king, King Herod, and he had to decide how he was going to treat Jesus. And we saw the Magi, wise, rich, well-educated people and they had to decide how they were going to treat Jesus. And in our second reading in Luke, we read about some shepherds, poor, dirty, working-class labourers and they had to decide how they were going to treat Jesus as well. Kings, rich and well-educated people, poor working-class people, they all have to decide whether or not they're going to own Jesus as their king and their saviour and that's true for you as well no matter who you are. 
It doesn't matter whether you're poor or whether you're rich. It doesn't matter whether you live in a housing commission place or you own a brand new home over in South Lakes. It doesn't matter whether you're the new apprentice at work at the bottom of the food chain or you own the whole company. It doesn't matter whether you're a student or a teacher. It doesn't matter whether you're a child or a parent. It doesn't matter whether you have a criminal record or if you're the Australian of the year. No matter who you are, you need to decide how you are going to treat Jesus. You need to decide whether or not to own Jesus as your king and your saviour. And that's a decision you can't keep putting off forever. It's a decision you can't avoid. It's the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. But why, right? Like, why is it such an important decision? Well, deciding how to treat Jesus is such a big decision because of who Jesus is. So who is Jesus? Well, have a look again at our carol. It started by saying, this, this is Christ the King. That's who Jesus is. He's the Christ. Not just a king, but the king. Our king. Your king. But he's more than that as well. Our carol goes on to say, the king of kings salvation brings. Now that's a fuller picture of who Jesus is. He's the king, yes. But he's the king who came to save us. And that is exactly what the angels said to the shepherds in our second Bible reading. So this is Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. See what it's saying? Jesus is the Christ, the King, and he's a saviour. He came to save us. I was reading a news article just this week about a man named Paul Kingy. Here's a photo of him. Mr Kingy was a tour guide on White Island in New Zealand. He had left the island by boat just moments before the volcano erupted the other week. And he was safe on his boat away from the island. But incredibly, when he saw the eruption, Mr Kingy turned his boat around and he went back to the island so as to help save others. Here's a photo taken by some witnesses showing Mr Kingy on his boat bringing injured people to safety. According to reports, he went back to the island again and again and again, ignoring the toxic environment, ignoring the personal risk until he was satisfied that there were no more survivors and that everyone was safe. That day, Mr Kingy helped save dozens of people. Jesus came to bring salvation to our planet. He came to save us. And Jesus saved us by ignoring the personal risk and by taking our place. He saved us by dying the death that we deserve to die. The third verse of what child is this actually talks about that. This is what it says. Nails, spears shall pierce him through. The cross he bore for me. For you. That's saying that Jesus had nails driven through his hands and his feet so as to hold him onto the cross. He had a spear thrust into his side to make sure he was dead and he died there on the cross for me and for you. 
And Jesus did that to save us. He did it so that instead of us being cursed by God, we might have God's blessings. The blessings of forgiveness and peace and healing and life without end and safety. So our carol really wants us to know that Jesus is Christ the King. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. But even more than that, it wants us to know that he's the King who came to save us. The King of Kings salvation brings. And it really wants us to know those truths about Jesus because we need to decide how we're going to treat him. No matter who you are, you need to decide how you're going to treat Jesus. You need to decide whether or not to own Jesus as your king and your saviour. So look, don't spend too long thinking about the ham or the turkey or the prawns. But whatever you do, spend some serious time thinking about this. Decide how you are going to treat Jesus. Because this, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Let me pray. Father, we're really, really thankful for the reminder in this carol and in Matthew and in Luke of just who Jesus is, that he is Christ the King, your chosen King, our King, and that as the King of Kings, he came to bring salvation to us by dying in our place. And so, Father, help us to think seriously and well about how we're going to respond to Jesus, how we're going to treat him. Thanks for the reminder of just how foolish it is to treat Jesus the way that Herod did, as an inconvenience, as if life is better off without him. Help us instead, please, to be wise like the Magi, to bow down to King Jesus, to worship him and to trust him for salvation. Help us to think well about these things and we pray that in the decisions we make and the way we treat Jesus, he would be rightly honoured. We pray these things in his name. Amen.